98.5's SBL Slam. Welcome along to SBL Slam. A big show this evening. Vlad Alava, Mark Utley and Deanna Smith, the head coach of the Perry Lakes Hawks, will join me to discuss all things happening in the State Basketball League. I'd like to start tonight's show by wishing Lara Napier our best wishes, not only from SBL Slam, but from all in the State Basketball League community. For those of you that don't know, Lara was involved in a very serious motorcycle accident on Friday and is in a very serious condition in hospital. And we would like to pass on our best wishes, obviously, to Lara, to her family, to her partner, to family and friends, and to also the Williton Basketball Club and wishing her a very speedy recovery and support in this very tough time. There is, I believe, a GoFundMe page being set up for Lara, a wonderful gesture. Tamara Morgan has set that up. If you'd like to donate, you can go to www.gofundme.com or you can find that on Facebook. I'm sure it's up on the Williton Tigers page as well. Uh, not only a fantastic basketballer, I believe that she was at the AIS, played in the WNBL and is a star in the State Basketball League, but a wonderful role model. And I believe she's just completed a double degree. We wish her a very speedy recovery. And to echo those thoughts, Vlad Alava, very good evening, Vlad. Good evening, Matt, and good evening to our listeners. And as you mentioned, exactly our thoughts uh, with, with Lara and obviously uh, hoping for a, for a quick and, and full recovery for her. Never actually coached, had the uh, fortunate uh, situation of being a coach of Lara, but in every in every game that uh, we competed against and I had to coach against her, she's always a, been a terrific girl and obviously very talented basketballer. But at this point in time, all our thoughts on a quick and 100% recovery. Thank you, Vlad, for those lovely thoughts. Uh, let's turn our attention to what's transpired over the weekend. WSBL Round 7. We can start with the Williton Tigers defeating the Rockingham Flames. And under the circumstances, what an amazing effort to pull together and to unite as a team and as a club and, and pull out an eight-point win after obviously hearing that very sad news. Uh, Barr again leading the way for the Tigers, 26 points and nine rebounds. And Kate Malpass return, 26 points and six assists. That is a very good win over the Rockingham Flames. You're right, right there, mate. And look, it seemed to be a game of two halves. Obviously, 16 points, uh, the margin there before um, uh, the Tigers came back with a very, very good second second half to turn that result their way in an eight-point victory. Look, from my from my reckoning, again, as you said, uh, there would have been an emo- a huge emotional uh, charge there for the Tigers girls and obviously they responded in the right way and picking up that victory um, you know for Rockingham I guess uh, fair debut by their import Chastity Reid uh, 16, 12 and 10 that's a triple double right there I don't know the last time a debutante import or any player been able to start with a triple double so that tells us the quality of the player although in saying that she is a former WNBA player mm. uh, from about, about 2011 if I'm, if I'm uh, led to believe that I'm correct and the other part as well, I've been waiting for Kat Malpass to return from overseas in 26.6 assists and 6 steals, along with Stacey Barr. Uh, that dynamic backcourt's finally here and hopefully here for more games in the coming weeks. Vlad, you're 100% correct on your research there. Chastity Reid, one forward, played for the Tulsa Shock back in 2011 in the WNBA. And she, obviously a triple-double on debut. You're going to be hard-stretched to find a player that's made that contribution Let's look at the Perth Redbacks and Perry Lakes Hawks game. I was there doing the announcing. It was 19 points apiece. Uh, Three-quarter time, Perry Lakes were up six, and they managed to hold Perth to just 12 points in that fourth term. Lauren Jeffers doing what she does so well, getting to the foul line, 10 of her 16 from the charity stripe. And Perry Lakes, 
I'm going to say it right now. They are the best rebounding team in the WSBL. 18 offensive boards in this one. And look, they better be. And we've we've harped on every week about their size. And you know, and I, I look at the stats there. And they've got 44 points in the paint. No surprise. Uh, they out rebounded the Perth Redbacks by 20. By the looks of things as well, they kept Emily Harmon down in the season averages. Mm. Uh, and no doubt that that's all to do with the size factor. And not just that. We've already spoken about the fact that not only they're big, they're also very quick. Hawks playing really well and good to see Tony Edmondson in that lineup as well and, and, and back after after uh, the wedding and the honeymoon. And I'll further chat about the Perry Lakes Hawks WSBL lineup with their head coach, legend Dockie Smith, later in the show. Our first break on SBL Slam. When we come back, we'll finish the wrap for WSBL Round 7. The SBL Slam. All the latest date basketball league action on 98.5. Matt Churchins and Vlad Alava welcome you back to SBL Slam. Journal up in Mandra. I'd like to say it was a tight ball game, but it wasn't, Vlad. 99 to 58. The Mandra juggernaut continues to roll on, and Junlup really struggling on the glass. They got out-rebounded 55-29 to 29 in this one. When the rebound counts that lopsided, it's going to be very difficult to win. Look, I must say, I'm very, very surprised at the margin. Uh, look, obviously, even without Shani Amos, 41 points is a huge shake-of-the-head kind of stuff. Uh, and look, I know some of those girls in that team would definitely be shaking their head, and they'll be hurting after that loss. Uh, an interesting point, I was talking to Carly Bogue after the game, and to ask her how the battle with Elise inside went, and she said that... Um, she actually spent most of the time in the perimeter mm. and that Bree was marking Elise. So I'm not really sure how uh, Junior Lup weren't able to expose that matchup, Elise obviously being a lot bigger, but look, you know, it's a disappointing, disappointing loss for the Wolves. Well, and the proof's in the pudding. They gave up 24 offensive rebounds there. Junior Lup and Mandra spreading the ball around. They are a dangerous team. They had seven players hit a three pointer in this game and they roll on in 2017. The Redbacks responded on Saturday night, defeating the Coburn Cougars at Wally Hagen. Tight ball game, 73-70. to 70. Excellent defensive effort from the Perth Redbacks, particularly on Doucette and Mitchell. And they combined for just 23 points from 24 field goal attempts. They also turned the ball over eight times. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you've been calling for that, Church. You've been calling for that defensive adjustment from the Redbacks women and and Keith Forward would have been very pleased to split that weekend. It was only last week that I said that Coburn had the big three and Moyes, Doucette and Mitchell. And, and between those three girls, they should be able to combine 60 points plus. But as you said, Redbacks limited the output of those three girls and, and know that that went a long way towards securing victory. Great effort from Emily Harmon, 27 and 12. And Benson, 19 points in a winning outfit for the Perth Redbacks. Saturday night saw a big win for the Lakeside Lightning, 87 to 58. They defeated the East Perth Eagles. Ash Grant back in the lineup, 14 points, 7 rebounds. Phipps also had 14. Lakeside won every term and had 39 points off the bench. Aaron Fisher leading the way for the East Perth Eagles. Great win for the Lakeside Lightning. Final game on Sunday, the Tigers go 2 from 2, 97 to 68. Barr again, 29 points leading the way. And an impressive game on the stat sheet from Des Kelly. 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Great effort from the Tigers. Two from two for the weekend, and they'll be very pleased with that. As you said, some balanced scoring there. They've got some productivity out of out of Stacey Barr, which is you know a common week in, in every game that she plays in. But as you said, Des Kelly, contributing shooter, stretching that that defense, allowing allowing the the, the lane ways to open up for her teammates. Look, when I checked this game at halftime and to see that the Tigers ran up by three, I was I thought, well, what the heck's going on here? Mm. Uh, but again, disappointingly for for the Slammers, they only had the one player Hodges, 29 and 17. 
and no one else. Uh, the girl needs support, and unfortunately at this point in time, Slammers uh, are struggling to try and support Hodges when she is on the floor. Courtney Bayless, you know, she's putting up points numbers, but she's taking a lot of shots. I think mm-hmm. I had a look at her, her field goal percentage. She's shooting 22% for the year. So, you know, that needs to list. Kate Fielding probably needs to get involved with the scoring there as well. Um, they just need more support around Hodges if they're going to win another game. The impressive stat for me was Willerton's 24 team assists and just seven turnovers. Fantastic effort. We don't go anywhere. We're about to preview WSBL Round 8 on the other side of this break. It's Slammer time. The SBL Slam on 98.5. Vladilava on our show for his final segment, previewing Round 8. There's some great fixtures, Vlad. Starts Friday with the Redbacks hosting the Flames. Interesting game, this one. Um, obviously, uh, Flames coming off a loss and the Redbacks coming off a win. Um, and it's a domino ice, as I see. Look, I'll, I'll be tipping the Rockingham Flames only because I think they'll have you know, a little bit more familiarity with Chastity Reid in the, in the team. And I was so impressed with that triple-double that I'm very keen to see how she goes week in, week out from here on in. Now, the Flames took the season open 95-80. to 80. There was a few bodies out for the Redbacks. But I'm just scratching my head as, as trying to find the best starting five for the Redbacks. I'd like to, see, to hear your take on it, Vlad. They've had Warbutton in the starting five. Uh, obviously, Harmon, Jenkins has been in there, Benson. AJ Jones, now AJ Johnson, and Gabby Clayton. They've had Donovan in the starting lineup, and Lipscomb, who, no offense to her, I think she's more valuable coming off the bench, not a starter. But, I mean, for me, I think Jess Jenkins has to start every game with Harmon. Then you throw in Benson, Johnson, and Clayton, and you can mix those up, their combo guards, and bring Warbutton off the bench because she's rebounding okay at the moment, but not having an impact around the basket. She's averaging less than four points per game. What are your thoughts? Oh, look, and, and, and it's one that I've been calling for um, in this, this this start of the season is for Elisa Warbutton to be a bit more productive mm. on the offensive end. Look, the Lisa I know, the Lisa that we all know of about two or three years ago was just completely dominant on, on the boards and on the points on the points stats. I'm not really sure what's happened, whether it's not the style of game or I'm re- not really, really sure why mm. her productivity has been so low the last two years. Um, look, I mean, I agree. Jess Jenkins has been a solid, solid, solid player for, for such a young girl. Uh, over the years uh, and look she rebounds really well for a smaller fall um, I would have thought that unless they were coming up against bigger lineups the, the five you identified would be the one to go with but at the end of the day you know there's there's obviously a lot more factors involved with selecting selecting well with the exception of the Hawks I mean a lot of the teams in the WSB are playing small ball and I just think that Jenkins would be a better fit but again that's my personal opinion that's what makes the game so great let's look at Sterling taking on Junalup Junalup have to rebound in this game, and they're coming up against arguably one of the better teams on the glass. Land averages 11.5. Lee averages 9. Throns averages 6 boards per game. And Jasmine Martin as a point guard, 5 rebounds per game. If they don't attack the glass, I see the Senators running away with an easy win. Look, and, and uh, I, I hear where you're coming from with that, and it does concern me. Uh, Love Wolves, uh, again, uh, as much as they are under strength, you know, on paper, it just doesn't look like that can cover Sterling, mm. um, especially on the glass, as you mentioned, and it's also an away game. The brain will say to Senators, the heart will say to Wolves. Yeah, okay. I knew you, you, you were paying a dollar five to say that, Vlad, but I love your work, <laughs> needless to say. Look, the Southwest Slammers will host the Hawks. Southwest, I think they might be in distance at court, uh, within touching distance at quarter time, but then Perry Lake's going to have far too much depth in this one. Your thoughts? They'll be in touching distance at quarter time if the Perry Lake's Hawks girls are late. Um, <laughs> I, just, I cannot see, I cannot see with the with with the size, the depth, this could get ugly for the Southwest Slammers unless unless of course they have that game 
where Brittany Hodges stays on the court, plays like she does, and they get support around her. Kate Fielding, Courtney Bayless at a high clip, Raya Thompson. They need that to happen. Okay, the East Perth Eagles will take on Mandra. Mandra coming off the biggest win of the season in the league. That's 41 points over Joondalup. I've got them down for a 50-point-plus win in this one, and that's no disrespect to the Eagles, but the Magic are so good right now. They are, they are. And look, you have to pay form and where, where it's at, and the Magic form is just... Well, it's getting better and better against uh, opposition that also on paper gets better and better. And the other part of that as well is East Perth. You know, I patted them on the back early in the season when they were in games and, you know, and, and they were close and amongst it. But over the last couple of games, even with the inclusion of their of one of their restricted players, you know, the margin is growing and wider and wider apart. So, look, I'm inclined to agree. Again, maybe not 50, but, you know, I would expect at least 35-plus unless manager really take the, uh, the foot off the accelerator. Cougars and Tigers, game of the round for me. Fifth taking on 12th. Uh, rather, 12th taking on 5th, I should say, in order. Uh, Barr taking on Moyes. And then Mitchell and Doucette locking horns with Hoopman, Harper and Lobb. I like the Tigers. Yes, 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 so do I. Um, but look, in saying that, I think it's, uh, as you said, you know, there's as much as there's a fair bit of uh, distance between both teams on the ladder, uh, I think it'd be a lot closer than that. Uh, Coburn, again, been very competitive uh, thus far, and if the three girls that we identified earlier on, Doucette, Mitchell and Moyes get going, it could be a high-scoring, close affair, but I, do, I am tipping the Tigers as well. Sunday fixture, 12pm, Ray Owen in Les Murdy. Southwest, a previous night game against the Perry Lakes Hawks at home. I like the Suns on their home floor. Yes, I'll go on a limb here, and I'll, I'll think that the Slammers will put one together. Okay. And win away from home. And I say that primarily because of Brittany Hodges and her ability to score in the paint. And I think, unlike other teams, that they match up quite well against the Kalamunda Eastern Suns team that's also very young. This, I feel, uh, you know, Slammers will be within within the real shot. And, in fact, I'll tip them to win. Vlad, as always, love your work on SBL Slam. Look forward to chatting next Tuesday. Can't wait for it, mate. Dockey Smith joins me on the other side of this break. The SBL Slam 98.5. We're family. Welcome back to SBL Slam. We have a WNBL legend on the phone. How's this for a resume? A two-time WNBL champion, three-time WNBL All-Star, an SBL champion, MVP, and grand final MVP. She's currently the head coach of the Perry Lakes Hawks. Welcome back to SBL Slam. Dockey Smith. Thank you very much. A little bit, a little bit of an intro. Yeah, we love having you on the show, Doki. I've got to talk you up. You know that. Talk us through one of the craziest <laughs> starts to a game on Friday night. I mean, I was announcing you're obviously the head coach <laughs> at Belmont. You jumped the Redbacks twelve zip, and then Perth hit back with a twelve zip run. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I know. It was actually um, quite interesting from a coaching perspective. It was a great start from from us twelve and zero. You kind of seem they're pretty happy as a coach, and then. A 12-0 run back at you was sort of like probably feeling how obviously the Redbacks coach was feeling at that stage. But um, for us, you know, I think in that period we were getting some really good looks. We just couldn't hit shots. So it was just about me staying staying calm in that moment and knowing, you know, hopefully a couple of, couple of shots in that period would settle the girls down. I think yourself and your team deserve a lot of praise because the Redbacks came back hard in that second half and then the girls managed to just dig deep and closed out what was a really impressive win. Yeah, look, the Redbacks are definitely a quality team and gave it everything to us. I think, you know, with their quality import in Harmon doing some mean work inside, it definitely was a tough challenge. But our girls, I think, are getting better and better each week and, and it is good for us to face different styles of play. You know, Redbacks with the prevalent sort of big girl inside as opposed to then lakeside the week before with all guards so 
you know, we are definitely getting the full taste of different styles of game. And it's what's great and the appeal of the Women's State Basketball League at the moment because there are a couple of front runners yourselves and the Mandra Magic and you mentioned the Redbacks before and I know that the Tigers are on a surge up the standings now but such a vast and different style of play across the league. It's great to see. Now, look, no disrespect to yourself or your former teammates who you're now the head coach of but the majority of the scoring load in the last couple of years at the Hawks has been shouldered by yourself but... Now you're the sole head coach, and you found a great balance, I think, of scoring. You've got Burton putting the ball in the basket. Donovan's in, uh, impressed early. Obviously, Edmondson, Jeffers and Anthony, and now Gabby O'Sullivan. Uh, how is it finding that, uh, that blend and that mix? Because you seem to have nailed it in the early stages. Yeah, look, I think it's just that we've got players that I um, that you know play for each other and they enjoy that. So we're not a team that does rely on that, that one player. Instead, that sort of scoring load. So someone shut down and it brings on someone else. And I think, you know, the style of game that I introduced this season coming in and what I wanted from the team was that style of game that, you know, was more running and movement and things like that. And we're definitely getting that, as you said, early stages of the season yet, though. Yeah, what's the biggest area of improvement for the Hawks? I mean, obviously undefeated, but, you know, what's sort of an area that they think that the girls can take it again to another level? Uh, definitely free throw shooting percentage. We're not so great at the line this season, so it's definitely an area of, that does need some work. And I guess, you know, we aren't putting up a lot of three-point shots, so we are seeing a lot of zones. But credit to the girls, you know, when the game's on the line, we are we are nailing the shot. So it's just, you know, making sure that we're, we're building in our um, three-point shooting percentage, our free throw percentage. And I think, you know, they're probably our main areas of focus at the moment. Now, during the summer on our NBL Nation show here when we were focusing on the WNBL, I labelled Tony Edmondson as the Swiss Army knife of the WNBL. She's averaging 16, 7 boards and and 3.5 assists, and you'd expect that from a top-quality player. But now it seems as though you've got two Swiss Army knives in the lineup because Janique Kautsky has been an impressive addition. In just under 19 minutes, she's stuffing the stat sheet 5 points, 4 boards and 3 dimes per outing. Yeah, look, I mean, Janique is just getting better and better each game. She's had a few years out of out of basketball. And so, you know, the fact that she's come in, had a good preseason and just getting more and more comfortable. So I don't think we've seen the best out of her yet. But what she is giving us is exactly what we need. And it's that firepower and that blast off the bench. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, as the season gradually progresses, seeing her grow and grow more and more. Talk us through her signing then, Doc. You said she's had a couple of years out. Was that a player that you actively recruited or did she look to return to the Hawks and go through that channel? She looked to return to the Hawks and a credit to majority of my team, you know, like they are from the Hawks and they're loyal. And I think once you've been a part of part of that program, you, you always want to come back. I mean, you know, I played in, in a championship team there at the Hawks and then it was always sort of a club that I was hoping that I'd end back at just because of the professionalism, the management, organisation, and most of all, the players. It's like a family there. So I think she felt that through her young years and obviously she went to college and then stayed an extra few years on in America. And then upon return, I guess having that connection, having played with each other as well, it was sort of just like, hey, like heard you the coach. You know, what? where are the Hawks at? What's going on? And I was just like, wow. Because mm. <laughs> it was sort of an area, I guess, for me, you know, me coming out of that lineup again, you know, having another more physical style of guard and that, that experience behind them mm. as well. So I was sort of like a bit jackpot with that one. Yeah, no, it's, she's definitely a, a valuable addition there to your lineup. 
talk us through Nat Burton. You've played with and against her. I want to know about her career arc over the past three seasons. I mean, to have an Olympian at your disposal, how have you seen her progression over the last, say, three seasons? Yeah, I think, you know, Nat's one of those players that is really underestimated in WNBL and probably even SBL to a point. I think this year's really been one of her standout seasons in the SBL. Um, For me, to coach her, she's a delight. She is encouraging. She works hard. She shows great leadership, you know, and wow, like the stuff that she does for us defensively is just, you know, spot on for what we need for our team. So, you know, and then to say she played for, played in the Olympics and she's with our team is just fantastic, I think, both for, for our team and for our club mm. as well. Yourself, Docky, are you itching to get back out and playing? How are you coping just as a sole head coach now? Do you miss competing as a player? Um, it's been funny, actually, because early stages, I think, probably SBL pre-season, I was sort of like, oh, hanging to play. But <laughs> I've really, really settled into coaching. I'm enjoying being on the sidelines. And I think, you know, watching the girls grow each week and the effort that they put in is just really rewarding for me. So I've definitely moved on from, from that phase in my life of playing. Although <laughs> you may see me pop up in a D-League game just uh, out of numbers potentially in the next week yep. but um other than that no I'm I'm just really enjoying coaching it's been a great season for me just to be on the sidelines and really start defining the type of coach that I want to be um and I have great support around me you know Blair Keasley, Kerry, Brendan are all fantastic and I think you know the biggest thing for me with my coaching group is that everybody adds value and they're all different so mm. for me as a as you know I guess a first year sole coach it's great to have that support around me and then you've got great leaders in you know Lauren Jeffers I think we've really kind of gone away from talking about her a lot just because you know statistically she's not shining across the sheet but the job that she's doing from a leadership organization with my playing group defense game in and game out like I couldn't ask for anything more from you know one of our senior players LJ lead the way in that regard. And then you've got Gabby there as well supporting. I think, you know, we do have a really good balance as a team. So whilst we do, we say it is early days, you know, but um, as long as we continue to build, then hopefully we'll be there at the end of the season. And I think you will be. I don't want to put the mocker on you, but your team is an absolute pleasure to watch and you're clicking on all cylinders at the moment. And in my opinion, the team to beat. Docky, keep up the great work. I love having a chat with you. Best of luck against the Southwest Slammers and a safe trip there and back this weekend, and I look forward to catching you a little later in the season. Thanks, Chachi. The SPL Slam. All the latest date basketball league action on 98.5. He's been waiting eagerly for the last couple of days to gloat. Mark Utley's on the line, and Mark, you managed to tip the Hawks to beat the Redbacks. 90-85, to 85, the final score. Welcome back to the show. I actually think I tipped all games correct last week. Oh, okay. I didn't want to give you too much credit. And I think I think on my I think on my tally I'm three up on you for the season. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. You must have a lot of spare time down in the uh, southwest of the state now, Mark. Yeah, it's pretty relaxing down there. It's a nice lifestyle. <laughs> uh, look, I announced the game and the Hawks' first term was impressive. Carwell had 13. He was six of eight from the field. He had five boards and they had a five-point lead at quarter time. The Redbacks, to their credit, adjusted well after half-time. Carwell only had three more field goals, but I think the damage was done. The Redbacks put together a great run in the second half. I think they went on a 14-point scoring run, and high schooler Jaden Stone sparked that, ended up with 10 points 
and five rebounds, but the Hawks just kept their composure, and Attic Ponya chipped in also with 26, and Carwell, 28 points, 20 rebounds, his final stat line. I thought the team would respond after how they played the week before, and I actually think they're too good a team to play like they did last week, and the response from Brian Carwell shows what he can do. Um, They obviously concentrated on getting him the ball more uh, in the right spots, and and as you said, they've got those support staff around that is complimentary to Carlo if he's playing a big game. Ben Smith had 23, Redditch 22 and 7. And look, they just couldn't stop Carwell in that first half. Like I said, that's an impressive win there for the Hawks, particularly away from home as well. And the Redbacks were one of the hottest teams coming in to round seven. Let's have a look at the next game. And the Rockingham Flames took on the Williton Tigers. It was the visiting Tigers 84 over the Flames 68. Your thoughts? After the first quarter, I thought it might have actually gone a bit ugly. Um, the the Willis and Tigers jumped out to a good 14-point lead. And I think there was a few uh, changes made to subs and personnel and looked like Luke Roberts had a really good game getting, I think, at six steals in the game. And, and when he when he gets up and pressures the ball, it can turn it around. And with it, I heard Turner sort of uh, you know, ran out a bit of puff in the second half, but the likes of Jay Bowie and Damian Scott and... Their experienced players got him across the line. Well, Turner still ended up doing some damage. 22 points, 15 rebounds. Jack had 26 points. No other scorer in double digits. It was pleasing to see Damian Scott find a little bit of offensive form. But what's going on with the Flames' starts and finishes to games? They are very sloppy. Williton were plus 21 at the bookends of the game, if you look at the first and the fourth quarters combined. And Rockingham held their own in the second and the third. That must be a tough thing to try and rectify. And it's in every game at the moment. They're just having bad spells. They give teams a break in, in parts of games. That doesn't help them with those wins on the board. I was talking to someone inside the Flames and they were saying that it's just a distancy that they're working on and, and trying to get four quarters together. Let's have a look at the Geraldton Buccaneers hosting the Calamunda Eastern Suns. I said on the show last week the Suns needed to hit from the perimeter, and didn't they do that? They looked the goods very early in this ball game. They were up six at quarter time. Pass hit three threes in the first term. How's this, Mark? Kalamunda made their first six three-point attempts and goes seven of nine in the first term. They ran out a little bit of puff. They ended up hitting 14 threes to keep it close throughout the game. But look, Barrow and Wandenberg on the glass. They had six offensive boards each. Barrow ended up with 21 points, 13 rebounds. Yeah, and I think Courtney Belger, um, his percentage was amazing uh, on that team for uh, one import team at the moment. You'd think he'd get a lot of attention, and he's obviously had another good game, which helps them out. Uh, the Eastern Suns can hit threes in big patches. They also miss threes in patches that good teams like the Bucks would would have probably weathered the storm, knowing than just waiting for that tide that they went a little bit cold to build leads. So Geraldton prevailed by 10 points. They sit atop of the Men's State Basketball League standings after seven rounds. Time for a very short break. When we come back, we'll finish our wrap of the Men's State Basketball League action for round seven. 98.5's SBL Slam. Round seven continued with the Lakeside Lightning upsetting the Eagles, in my opinion. Your thoughts, Mark? 92-78, to 78, the final. A real surprise. I thought East Perth would have dominated inside and and really pushed Lakeside, but it's good to see that they got a win, and Daryl Morgan, I think, coming back, gave them some extra stability and maturity to that Lakeside team. Yeah, and he had five three-point field goals. He had 20 points, and Atkinson 
Arguably his best offensive game. 31 points, four assists, no turnovers. The Lightning took care of the basketball. Only eight turnovers. And Morgan, as we mentioned earlier, valuable in contributing to a team. 42 bench points. Let's look at Junilup and Mandra. 14-point win to the Wolfpack. Iliadis with 17. And another week where Junilup can rest bodies. They had 11 players play 10 minutes plus. I think if you look at it, the Magic had six points in the first quarter. Yep. And uh, from my understanding, it allowed Junilup to really take their foot off the pedal and cruise to an easy win. Uh, I think Mandra is struggling to hit from outside on a consistent basis and text Darren Traher after the game and he asked whether I was coming down to training with the boots on so they must be looking really desperate. <laughs> they must be extremely desperate. But Mark, here's the stat that backs up exactly your point. Mandra in the first term had five turnovers. They were three of 20 from the field. A very, very poor first term that yielded just six points and the Wolfpack didn't relinquish a 19-point lead at quarter time, get another comfortable win. It was pleasing to see the Perth Redbacks bounce back after a disappointing loss against the Hawks the night before, but an impressive 107-89 to point win over the Coburn Cougars. Sean Redditch, 47 points, 10 rebounds and 6 dimes. Quality player, as we said, and yeah. he would have bounced back just like Carwell did. Uh, the defensive John on Billups was excellent. He's averaging 26 and 10 mark, and in this one, just 16 points and 7 and only two free throw attempts. So the Coburn starters combined for 60 points. They were 19 of 49 from the field, and the win set up for Perth in the third term. They extended a four point lead out to 12 points on the back of Redditch, Ben Smith, who has been very, very handy this year, and Ding Maywin, a new player from South Sudan originally via Sydney. They combined for 22 points. So a good rebounding win there for the Perth Redbacks. Goldfields hosted Sterling. A very, very interesting end to the ball game, Mark. I'll talk you through it. Goldfield are up by three with 69 ticks left. Vague goes one of two. Misses the second. I'll give you one guess who grabs the offensive board. He's been in pretty good nick, Mark. Who would you say? Ash Litterick. He did, and he kicked it to Vega, hits the jumper. So that's... I know they say the old way to make three is to get two plus one, but that is an unorthodox way to get a three-point play. 48 seconds left. Falano misses a three very early in the shot clock. Litterick grabs another board. Rowe hits the jumper. So Sterling hit the lead with 28 seconds. Pillard misses a three. Litterick boards again. He's on fire. He's fouled. Goes one of two. 15 seconds left. The clock winds to eight seconds. And Holman shoots a two. Misses, good luck offensive board, and they don't get a three off. Sterling, a crazy win. I was following this game, and it was uh, one that I thought the Goldfields had it wrapped up um, in the third. I thought, you know, they're, they're quite comfortable here. And then when I came back and looked at it the next day and saw that, and the outstanding thing you saw was, again, the form of Ash Litterick coming yep. through. He's, he's a dominant big man in the league now, going from being that bench guy that every team wants to be the guy that's so valuable to to their structure with Vague and Alice outside shooting. So Ash Litterick's season, he has to be the favourite for most improved player this year. Yeah, great point, Mark. He's 21 and 14, another monster double-double. Ellis had 21, gets the Senators a win. Williton hosted the Southwest Slammers, a four-point win to the Tigers. Turner, another 20-point-plus game, and Bowie had 16 points, 11 rebounds. Volkel just one assist away from a triple-double. There's no surprises there, but... Williton's biggest lead was 20 points before the Slammers come home with a wet sail but just couldn't get over the line. The Tigers go two from two over the weekend. Yeah, I think the Slammers can string some games together here. 
um, Willerton are a quality side, but I knew that uh, the Slammers could match them on the glass with Vocal and, and Whedon, and, and when they do that, they're going to continue to win games. And We already know that Willerton are the title favourites in my eyes. We pause briefly, our last break of the show for this week. When we come back, we will preview round eight. The SBL Slam 98.5. We're family. Matt Chetchens and Mark Utley welcome you back for the final time. The Perth Redbacks will host the Rockingham Flames. These two teams have already met back in the season opener. Handy win for the Redbacks. Different lineups now, but the Flames have lost their last four. Do you give them any chance at Belmont, Mark? Uh, I think the Redbacks will win this one. I think it'll be a very spirited game, but I'm predicting probably about a 12-point win to Redbacks eventually getting over the line. Sterling and Joondalup will meet. That's fifth versus second. In my opinion, the game of the round. Sterling have won their last three, and it's going to be a very, very even matchup and a keenly fought one, particularly on the glass. Yeah, Sterling are informed. They are the form team. I just, I just got a feeling. I think, I think the Wolves will get this. You know, they are an experienced team, and as as we said the week before, Sterling are, are ready for maybe having a bit of a drop and uh, travelling to Kalgoorlie the, the week after is always a worry, and I think Funeral will get it. Well, surely the second restricted player for the Senators will be making an appearance, and I am going to tip the home side there because they're in great touch at the moment. The Sterling Senators, and I think they will out-rebound the Wolves. Not many teams have managed to do that over the past few seasons. Let's go to Saturday night. The Bucks will host Lakeside. That's first versus ninth. Lakeside coming off a 14-point win over East Perth, but the Bucks is the toughest trip in basketball currently. Who do you like? The Bucks for me. As we saw, Lakeside have improved and getting Morgan back helps him, but I just I just think up there with the travel and with the team sitting on top with confidence, they're another they're 15 points better team at home and I think they'll get that win. And a lot of younger players playing for the Lakeside as well. That can be intimidating travelling up to a hostile environment, albeit parochial home crowd there for the Buccaneers. I like the Bucks on their home floor. Southwest will host Perry Lakes. Nixies versus Old Club for the first time. And it's going to be fireworks in the backcourt. Nichols and Lay taking on Attic Ponya and Waters. If Carwell gets touches around the rim like he did against the Redbacks, I'm going to tip the Hawks. I reckon it'll be a close game, and I think this and the Wool-Sterling game would be the games of the round mm. um, for me, and I actually think that it's going to be a really, really close one, and maybe the Hawks by under five. Vocal and Persa, is that going to be a physical matchup? I think with the two of them, it's going to be a really good matchup for both teams defensively. Mm. Um, Vocal, I think Persa hopefully will probably wait at the keyway and try to keep him off the glass and minimise his impact. I think in terms of two guys going at each other and the style of play that I like to watch, and they're worth going down there to watch that one. Now the Flames, after a tough matchup in the metro area against the Redbacks, have to back it up against a fresh Goldfields lineup. I don't think the Flames will be able to handle Holman somehow. I like the Giants in a bit of an upset on the road. Um, I like the Flames here at home. Um, I think the Flames actually have some depth uh, in their guard stocks and, and um, Donovan Jack's playing well uh, inside for them and I think Giddy's always improving with it and I think the Flames at home will get this one. East Perth and Mandra, the final fixture on Saturday night. Who do you like? Uh, East Perth bouncing back after a disappointing loss to Lakeside. Yeah, look, Mandra will want to have a better start to the game than they did last week. Sunday, there are two fixtures, the Cougars against the Goldfields Giants. Coburn, keep in mind, will be fresh. 
Uh, will the Giants be able to contain Billups and Field? I would think not. The 12 p.m. tip-off there at Wally Hagen. Your tip, Mark? Yeah, I think Coburn. Um, it's not the Cavalry team of old that could grind out Sunday Sunday wins. I think it's not going to suit them on the Sunday morning. And, and as you said, Billups and, and Field being fresh in that is just going to have too much firepower for them. 2 p.m. up the hill in Les Murdy, the Suns and the Slammers. I'm going to tip an upset. I'm going to go with the Suns. Bell did have a big game. Will Volk will go to him, do you think? I think he'd have to, really. Um, it's hard matching up on Eastern Suns because they have so many guards out there and your rotation's there. And sometimes it's, you find that it's better off just switching a lot of their on-ball action anyway um, and just forcing them into tough shots because they they like to create you know driving angles off kicks. So... Um, you'd say the vocal will go to to Belgium, but don't be surprised if there's regular switching because it doesn't really matter who you're on with them at the Eastern Suns because they all basically penetrate, dish and kick. So um, I think it's going to be uh, a win for the Slammers. We have differed on quite a number of these, Mark. We'll see if you can extend that three Shot lead over me as uh, round eight commences Friday night. Thanks again for your efforts, Mark. Look forward to chatting next week. Thank you. Anytime, Matthew. Thanks to Vladilava, to Docky Smith, and to Mark Utley. Just reminding you that you can find the GoFundMe.com page for Lara Napier of the Williton Tigers. And again, we wish her all the best in making a speedy recovery. You can go to that website or search it through Facebook. Matt Chechen signing off again. Look forward to your company next week. 98.5's SBL Slam.